Amen. Praise the Lord. You can sit down. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so glad uh, and so honored for this opportunity to, uh, to speak before God's people. Um, I don't count it as a, uh, I don't take for granted the opportunity. Every, you know, how many know you just can't invite anybody to speak on the pulpit? People will get up saying some crazy things. <laughs> You have to get back. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so I, I thank God uh, that Pastor Dean uh, saw fit to trust me with this opportunity. And so um, I'm excited about the word. Anybody excited about the word of God? Amen. Amen. Um, before I get started, I want to give honor to my wife who really does not like to receive honor. So I'm not going to make her stand up and wave everybody, but she's in this general section. I can see her. <laughs> So, <laughs> so any of you that may not, who may not know my wife, uh, get to know her. She's a, an amazing woman of God, and I can prove it uh, because uh, there are many ministers' wives that just have to deal with a preacher, but she has to deal with a preacher and a musician and a worship leader. That's threefold ministry right there, <laughs> So that she's extra anointed to deal with me. Is that all right? Um, and so get to know her. She's a wonderful, amazing woman of God. And I am honored to be her husband. Uh, but I want to go into the word. Um, man, it's good to see all of y'all. Amen. Well, can you pray with me? Uh, Father, we thank you. We're so grateful uh, that your presence is here. Uh, we've sensed your move all morning long, and we know that your presence comes, and it brings with it liberty and freedom. And so we thank you, Lord, that your presence is here, that you've come to heal and deliver, to set free, to restore, and to reveal your Father to us, God. We thank you. We thank you that you are uh, just, you're speaking to us even now, and I pray that as we deliver that which you've poured out of heaven, that you would anoint it to change hearts and save souls, to, to, to bring families together. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to your word, and everything that you've promised, it is true. And so we say thank you, we honor you. We love you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Somebody shout at me. Say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have been in the series Doctrines and Disciplines. Doctrines and Disciplines. And Pastor Art came a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about the Spirit of God. Anybody remember that? The Spirit of God. What a great word. Pastor Dean came last week, and he talked about the image of God. And I think we were on the verge of running around the building, uh, Pastor Dean, the image of God. But this week, we're going to talk about the Word of God. Somebody say the Word of God. And so the, the title, Doctrines and Disciplines, is a very uh, interesting title because uh, discipline, we know something about. <laughs> uh, most people know uh, the pleasant and the not-so-pleasant side of discipline, 
uh, well, w- discipline, one side of it is that we, uh, we take on disciplines, carpentry and woodwork, and you study it until you're good at it and you craft amazing things. That's a, we call that a discipline. Uh, the other side of it, um, anyone who has kids should be fluent in discipline. Is it just my kids? Just my kids? Yeah. We know what discipline is, and I thank God for discipline. And discipline just means to correct. I know some of y'all are like, no, I don't discipline. No, no, it just means to correct. So we thank God for discipline. Uh, but, but the word doctrines is uh, not something that you hear outside of the church. Uh, it's become what we call Christianese, words that we only talk inside of the church. So I just wanted to kind of define it for you uh, before we move on what doctrines is. So Brandon's, is it it all right if I give you Brandon's Dictionary of Doctrines? Here we go. It says, doctrines is a principle or a body of principles presented as the pillars of truth of Christianity. A principle or a body of principles presented as the truths in Christianity. In other words, doctrines are a collection of what we believe. And we take those beliefs from the Bible. So we take everything that the Bible says about a topic and we say, this is all that the Bible says about love. And this is all that the Bible says about giving. And this is all that the Bible says about God. And we collect it and create doctrine. Amen? And so how many know that doctrine is a good thing? In fact, I believe, this is my personal belief, is that, that many of the error that we see in the world concerning Christianity comes from bad doctrine. Usually when you see somebody uh, uh, that believes something that is not true about God or not true about salvation, it comes from a misinterpretation or a, a misunderstanding of doctrine. And so doctrine is a very important thing. And let me give you four reasons really quickly why doctrine is really important. The first thing is that doctrines help us to define our beliefs about God and to define our beliefs about creation, about us, about the things that God has created. So without doctrine, it is difficult for us to define what the Bible says about God. And you'll see that in the world today because people will create their own God. Come on, somebody. People will create their own God when they don't have proper doctrines. I heard somebody say God was a woman. No, the Bible says God is a spirit. (laughs) I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. (laughs) Doctrine helps us to differentiate Christianity from other doctrines or for other belief systems. Uh, There are people who speak the name of Jesus but are not talking about the Christian Jesus. I know that may sound crazy, but when I was in Bible college, we took a class called cults. (laughs) 
And I'm not going to bust anybody out today. You can hit me after service. But there's a group of people that believe that Jesus is a created being. In other words, when God was making the sun and the stars and the angels, he created Jesus. Well, how many know we know that Jesus is God? Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is from everlasting to everlasting. So if you believe that Jesus is a created being, you're not talking about the same Jesus that we're talking about. Your Jesus is over there. We have our own Jesus, and he is God. (laughs) So that's why it's important to understand doctrine. The next thing is doctrine helps us to communicate sound Christian teachings and truths. It's not enough just to know what you believe, but you also have to be able to communicate to other people what you believe. Right, Matthew 28, Jesus says, Go ye therefore make them disciples. He says, teaching them... The things that I have taught you. So in order to communicate what it is that we believe as Christians, we have to have sound doctrine. We have to know what does the word say about God? What does the word say about me? Amen? Doctrine is important, y'all. The last thing is that, that doctrine helps us to apply God's truth to our life. Because if we don't, If we don't know what we believe and we can't communicate what we believe, we certainly cannot live what we believe or what we're supposed to believe. Because I believe that you live what you actually believe. Uh Uh-oh. I'm not going to dive into it, but (laughs) you say you believe in God until it's time to pay your tithe. I'm going to move on. Move on. (laughs) I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. No, we have a very generous church. Honestly. Amen. Y'all should give yourselves a hand. God is good. He is faithful. So, doctrine is very important in the life of a Christian because we have to know what we believe. We have to be able to communicate. We have to be able to live what the Bible says. Writer, the writer says, don't just be hearers of the word, but that you should also be, somebody reads their Bible, doers of the word. We have to be doers of the word. And so today we want to talk about the word of God and what the Bible says about the word of God. But, but we have a, a conundrum here. Because when we're, when we're creating doctrine, we're talking about the doctrine of God and the doctrine of angels. Where do we go for that information? Well, we go to the word of God. The word of God tells us what we believe about God, what we believe about Christ. But when I was coming up in school, they said, you can't define a word using the word. Anybody else read that? So if I want to define what is a sheep, I can't say sheep in my definition. Anybody else following me? So I can't use the word to define the word. But in the Bible, we use the Bible to teach us what we believe about the Bible. Why is that okay? Anybody else felt a little confused for a second? Why do we use the Bible to define the Bible? 
Well, let me tell you why. Because the, principle, the first principle of the word of God is that the word of God is not subject or it is not the product of natural creation. You see, the, way, the reason why we can't use the word sheep to define sheep is because we have to use surrounding evidence to point to something that exists. But the problem with the word is there is nothing beside it. <laughs> There's nothing beside it. You see, the word is not subject to creation. Now, I'm going to get a little geek on y'all for those of you who know me. I'm, I'm a nerd. Okay, listen. Creation can be divided into three attributes. I'm going to teach you this real quick. Okay. The three attributes of creation is time, space, and matter. Can y'all say that with me? Time, space, and matter. All of these three are very important because if you have time and space, but no matter, you don't have anything. But if you have matter and time, or if you have matter and space, but no time, everything stands still. But if you have time and you have matter, but no space, where would you put it? So you need all three in order for creation to exist. Well, here's the issue. Since the word is not subject to creation, the subject stands above and beyond time, space, and matter. So it's impossible to define or to give a definition of the word without using the word. The only way you can define it, the only way that you can understand it is if you have to reach into it. Come on, somebody. I, I need a witness. <laughs> you have to reach into it in order to understand what it is. Watch this. Oh, I'm not even on my notes. Hold on. In Jesus' name. Ha! There we go. I was wondering why it wasn't where it was supposed to be. Okay. So the origins of the word are not creation, but eternity. Come on. The origins of the word is eternity. What does that mean? It means that it is not subject to the limitations of time. This is good news for you and me that it's not subject to the, to the limitations of time. What does that mean? It means that it does not age. It does not wrinkle, wear, tear, fold, mold, rust, or fail. In other words, the same word that God gave you 10 years ago is still good today. Come here, Abraham. Abraham waited on the promise until he was nearly 100 years old. God never falters on his promise. See, his word stands out of time. And the only reason why we are concerned with time is because we are stuck in it. <laughs> Watch this, 1 Peter chapter 22. Y'all bring your Bibles? On my phone, I got you. I'm getting there, I'm getting there. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Should be on the screen. I'll read it for you. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, 
since you have been born again. Watch this. Not of perishable seed. Say perishable seed. But of imperishable seed or imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. What does that mean? That means that the word of God is both living and abiding. It is both living and abiding. There was another word in there, imperishable. He says that you have taken on the imperishable through what? The living and abiding word of God. (laughs) Second thing, the word of God is not limited by space. Not by space, not by region, not by location. Listen, David said this. He said that if I should go into the heavens, if I should make my bed in the deep, wherever I go, your presence is there, that you see me, that you are, you are with me. How many know that God's word is not limited to space and location? In other words, the same word that's good in this house, if you go down the street to another church, is that same word is good over there. If we go to the other side of the country, the same word is good there. If you should find yourself in the middle of the... In the middle of the Sahara, the same word of God is good there. In Africa, God's word is good. In India, God's word is good. In Asia, God's word is good. Everywhere you go, the same word of God that has the power to save your soul right here in Sacramento is the same word that can save souls no matter where you go. I believe, I believe that, that, that Daniel had this revelation. You see, Daniel in, in chapter, I believe it was chapter 2 of the book of Daniel. Daniel and his friends, they were taken from Israel. And they were taken captive in Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. And the Bible says that, that Daniel refused to eat the meat of the king. Because it was against God's law. See, here's the revelation. Is that Daniel understood that if if even if I'm not in Israel, and though I may be in captivity, the same word that God spoke over here is the same word that I'm going to obey over here. Listen. Oh, man, I'm getting excited. Listen. It doesn't matter what area you may be in life. Some of us may be walking through hard times. Somebody may be on the mountaintop. But I'm telling you that regardless of where you are in your life, the word of God remains the same. You may be in captivity, but the word of God remains the same. You might have a joy, a a dance on your heart, but the word of God remains the same. I heard the word of God say that he's not just the God of the mountain. No, no, no. He's not just the God of the mountain. He's also the God of the valley. He's the God of the ocean. He's the God of the building. He's the God of the car ride. Oh, I I wish I had a witness. We don't just worship God in the church. No, no, the same word of God that we use when we're in the church going like this is the same God that we use when we're at home and the bills are due and you don't know where the rent money is coming. The same word of God works in a pandemic when you got to wear a mask. So I wish I had a witness. 
It's the same word because it's not limited by where I am, by what I'm going through. <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting excited, y'all. Listen, the word of God is not limited to time, not limited to space, and it's not limited to matter. You see, the word of God is not made of the materials in creation. What does that mean? That means that the word of God is not ink. The word of God is not paper. It's not bound in animal skin. When I was a kid, they used to say, don't you put your Bible on the ground? Don't you put your Bible on, you're defiling it. Anybody else was taught that? Don't you put your Bible on the ground? That's bad doctrine. Because <laughs> the word of God is not your Bible. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's not King James Version. It's not New International Version. What's the other one? The message, none of those are the word of God. Those are Bibles. And the Bibles, inside of the Bibles are written, somebody help me here, the word of God. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that you cannot defile or wrinkle or, or tear God's word. Because it's not, God's word is not material. God's word is spirit. Oh my God. God's word is spirit. And so what happens is when you confine God's word to material, you begin to worship the thing instead of what God actually sent to heal you. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, the problem is that we get it confused, right? We make creation the source of the word. That's what happens when we believe that the word of God is made of material. But creation is not the source of the word. The word I know, is the source of creation. The word is the source of creation. I'm going to make somebody mad real quick. We don't manifest things. We don't manifest things. God's word manifest God's will. We can't manifest things by talking. That's crazy. No, no, no. God's word manifests God's will. You can say, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. If it's not God's will, you will never. I, I'm going to move on. <laughs> well. <laughs> I got a witness in the back. I got a witness. So watch this. God's word manifests God's will. Because the word is not natural. The word is supernatural. And that's why you use the word to define the word. Because you have to use supernatural to define supernatural. Watch this. Go, go with me to John chapter 1. You can't talk about the word of God without going to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Y'all got it? Say amen. 
It reads, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Did I misread that? No, that's what it say. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was, that word was, watch this, some, some, some nerd stuff here, is the third person singular simple past tense indicative of the word to be. What does that mean? That means every time you see the word was, you can replace it, come on y'all, with existed before. Let me prove it to you. I know y'all think I'm crazy. The word, or in the beginning, the word existed before. Existed before what? The beginning. In the beginning, the word existed before the beginning. I'm going to tell you, it works. Go to the next one. And the word existed before with God. Y'all going to feel me in a second. <laughs> and the word existed before as God. What does that mean? That means that the word could not possibly be of, of creation. The word could not possibly be of paper and of pencil, of ink, of printers. The word is God. The word is God. I, I know you said, what, what does that have? What's that have to do with me? That's great. Lord is, listen, why this should be so exciting to you is because. If you have the word, then you have God. I'll prove it. Listen, everywhere you want to see God move, I dare you to speak his word. Oh, my goodness. Listen, God asked the prophet, can these dry bones live? The prophet said, Lord. Only you know. Then what does God say? He says, prophesy to the bones. He said, prophesy to the bones. So then the prophet, what does the prophet do? He prophesies to the bones. Y'all not as excited as it should be. Let me, let, me, let me make it plain to you. Let me make it plain. When you speak... What God spoke, God shows up. It's a very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. Listen, listen, you can't just throw scripture at anything. No, you have to throw scripture fully expecting God to show up in the situation. You want your prayer life to change? I dare you to throw some scripture in there. You'll begin to sense the presence of God. You want your family life to change? I dare you all to start reading the word together. You, your marriage is on the rock. I dare you to speak the word of God. God will begin to change everything. You'll look around and be like, I thought I felt God in the room. 
Listen, everywhere you speak God's word, he shows up because the word is God and God is his word. You don't believe me? Jump down to verse 14 and it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among them. The word became flesh and dwelt among them. I don't know about you, but that sounds like Jesus. <laughs> the word became flesh and dwelt among them. Say la. Jesus said, if you be in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will. And it will be in shell. Yeah, somebody, somebody read the King James Version. And it shall be given. I've heard people preach this and say, yeah, you can just ask what you want. But you have to meet the prerequisites. He said, if you be in me, that means you got to be saved. But watch this. He said, look. I was going to go somewhere else. No, let's go to this. If you be in me and my word abides in you. And from that place, you can ask what you will, and it will be given unto you. Why is that? Because God responds to himself. God responds to himself. That's why he said, if my word abides in you. See, we, we I don't know about you, let's confess, we speak plenty of idle words. Everything that we say don't have, to, uh, don't have eternal uh, uh, blessings connected to it. Amen. I was just talking to Joel about, uh, about football. There ain't no football in eternity. <laughs> but when I talk to God from the place of his word, he responds to the word that dwells on the inside of me. I wish I had somebody that can witness with me. He responds to his word on the inside of me, and then you begin to see God move. Watch this. John 17, 17. I'm almost done, y'all. John 17, 17. Hold on. Oh, I'm already there. Gee, yes, Lord. All right. This is Jesus praying. He's on his way back to the Father. He says in 17, he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is your truth. Your word is truth. I added a word there. I had to go back. Your word is truth. What does that mean? That means that, that God sent his word to reveal truth to us, and we can understand that the word of God is infallible. There's no lie, you heard that, no lie, there's no lie in the word of God. 
God's word is truth. Not my truth, not your truth, not their truth. Amen, somebody. It's not subjective. God's word is truth. Why do we know that? Because we've already established that through God's word, everything was made. Through God's word, everything was made. So what does that mean? That means there is no reality to which the word of God does not speak. Yeah, I heard a woo. That, why can I get excited about that, Pastor Brandon? That means there's nothing that you are going through in your life that is not solvable by the word of God. Oh, my goodness. If the word of God is truth, then all I have to do is recall truth to my situation. If my kids is acting up, I can go to the word and say, Lord, you said if I train them up in the way they should go. Come on, y'all. Where my parents at? If I train them up, you said they won't depart. <laughs> Watch this quote from J. Rodman Williams. It says, mankind is finite. We have a beginning and we have an end. We cannot, through searching, stumble into the infinite. We cannot discover that which has no beginning and or no end because the finite is not capable of the infinite. The highest achievements of the human mind and spirit fall short of arriving at the knowledge of God. I'm going to close with this. Worship team, you can come. The highest achievement of the human mind and spirit fall short of discovery of the knowledge of God. What does that mean? That means that without God, you can't know God. Without God, you can't know God. Well, why is this a problem? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> We've already established that God responds to himself, that God responds to his word, that God responds to truth. And so without knowing God, you can't be filled with the presence of God. Uh, uh, that's Bible. Listen, Romans says that we can look at the stars the sun, the moon, the, the mountains. We can look at the vastness of the seas. We can look at all creation and understand that God exists. Somebody say amen. There's no way in the world it happened by itself. <laughs> if there was a big bang, God is the one who banged it. <laughs> amen. We'll talk about that some other time. Listen. 
So without God, we can't come to know God. We can understand that God is real. We can understand that God exists, but we cannot be in personal relationship with God without God's assistance, without God doing it first. Somebody say amen. I'll prove it. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world, that he came so that he could give the light to those who believed in him. In other words, what he's saying is that that which God has given to Jesus, are y'all with me? He came to give to us. What is that? What is it that Jesus has that we lack? Well, he has knowledge of the Father. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this. God gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. So he gave them the standards of God. Watch this. Without the presence of God. And when you have the standards of God, somebody say works, without the presence of God, you are doomed to fail every time. So that when he said, thou shalt not kill, he fully recognized they did not have the ability to not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness, they did not have the ability. So what did he do? He sent his son. (laughs) Oh, y'all don't believe me. Let's go to John. (laughs) John 17. Here we are. John 17, verse 1. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. It says, after Jesus said this, He looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people. That he may give eternal life to all those you have given him. Say to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. (laughs) That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work. Somebody say finishing. The work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory which I had with you before the world began. He says, uh, he says, I have given to them all that you have given me. Isn't that what it said? He says, and you've given me to grant them eternal life. And this is eternal life. That they know you. Oh my goodness. You see, Jesus is not general revelation of God. 
Jesus is what they call personal revelation of God. In other words, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He says, how do we come to know God? We come to know God by knowing Jesus. How do we come to know Jesus? By diving into his word. Listen, this is why you can't skip out on studying God's word. The Bible says that we should meditate on his word day and night. Why? Because it is through studying the word of God, through meditating on the word of God, through knowing the word of God that we come to know Jesus. Why is it important that we know Jesus? Because Jesus is the authority of the Christian life. Come on, somebody. Everything that we have access to, we have access through Jesus. We have access through his word. Somebody say amen. Everything that God gave to Jesus, check this out, is available to us. So if you don't have peace, if you don't have peace, call it down. Through the word of God. If you don't have joy, call it through the word of God. Because everything, somebody say everything. Not some things, not part things, not half things. Everything that God gave to Jesus is accessible to us. Everything is accessible. Oh man, somebody still believes in some things. Everything. It's accessible to us. But check this out. How do you receive a promise that you don't know belongs to you? See, the power of God in the life of the believer is made known through the word of God. How can we, how can we serve and love a God that we don't know? And you have millions of Christians running around the world that got their home church but don't know the word of God. This would be my challenge to you. It's called doctrines and disciplines. That you would meditate on the word of God. Find some time in your life where you can devote to getting to know God. Spending time in his word. Asking the Lord to help you to understand it. To live it. So that you can be like Paul and say, this life that I live now is not my own, but it's Christ who lives in me. How does he live in me? As I do his word, because God's word manifests his will. What is the will of the Lord? That everyone be saved. That's why Jesus said, go, go ye therefore. Make disciples. So as I receive of the word of God, the same mission that God sent Jesus to do, 
to reveal the Father. That's what he calls us to do. To reveal the Father. So there may be one or two, 10 or 12, who may not know the Lord. How can you receive of the benefits without him? And you say to yourself, look, I, my life is a shambles. Or you may be like a friend of mine. He said, I, you know, that church thing, I'll get there when I, when I you know, get my life together. How many knows it takes, it takes a supernatural God to turn your life around? Supernatural. And so I say, let us, let, 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 let us introduce you to the supernatural today. You may not, may not know God. You may think, man, maybe, maybe I'll do it when I'm, you know, 40. Maybe when I'm 50, when I'm done. Doing all the things I want to do. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised. That, that to, the days of man is like a vapor. I want to invite you to come to know Christ. Anyone, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to ask you to jump in the aisles or turn cartwheels. But if you want to know the Lord Jesus, if you could just slip up your hand. If you could just wave at me. If you want to know the Lord Jesus, can I pray with you? Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you that your word reveals the Father. And that as we come to the Father, we receive all that he has. Everything that he's given to his son, we receive it. Your word says to, to, to them that believe he gave the power to become sons and daughters of God. And so I pray for these. I pray that they would believe with their whole heart that you sent your son. I pray that they would believe that he died and on the third day he rose. I pray that they would claim the promise of salvation. We thank you, Lord, because you're faithful. You're faithful to do your word every single time. We give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we're going to have the, the prayer, prayer team to come. And I'm going to give one more call for anyone who may need prayer for anything. You may be in a, in a tough season. I know we're in a, as we approach the Christmas season, it's a, a tough time for a lot of people. You may be going through something and you want someone to touch and agree with you. I want to invite you to come. I'm going to dismiss, but feel free to make your way up at any time to come to the prayer, prayer team. Amen. Amen. For everyone else, if you can stand on your feet with me. If you could do me a favor, just slip up one hand for me.
And just for a second, we say, God, we thank you for your word. Come on, we thank you that your word is true. Father, we receive your word. And with it, all of the authority of heaven. Now, Father, I pray for these, your people. I pray that the word of God would dwell richly within them. And that the power of heaven would be made manifest at the speaking of your word. That as they speak your word, lives are changed. That souls are saved. That we see miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you for it now. We receive it, Father. And as we leave this place, but never your presence, we pray safety, health, and peace over all of your people. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. And somebody shout at me, say amen. 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 We'll see you this week. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us. We pray that message ministered to your heart and lifted your spirit today. Hey, to find out more about joining the RLC online family, you can find us on the Church Center app. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.